What's up, everybody? This is the Committed Society Podcast. Thank you, for everybody, for listening. Um, and today is Tuesday, the 23rd of October, 2018. And once again, we are going to do Chapter 2 of the book called The Finding of the Third Eye. If you haven't listened to Chapter 1, it should be the third... Well, we are Episode 5. It should be the 6th, 5. It should be Episode 4. Um, chapter one of the finding of the third eye so we're gonna get into these um uh chapter two of the finding of the third eye like i said um we're gonna go through the whole book um of this finding of the third eye is a great book i recommend everybody who's into um how you say it uh different types of information um who's into esoteric thinking Who's also into just uh, an unreasonable lifestyle, I would call it. Because <laughs> being reasonable in life is easy, but being unreasonable about good things is totally different. So we're going to go ahead and go through chapter two. Um, like I said, it's Finding of the Third Eye, um, Committed Society. Um, so chapter two is um, what modern science says. Alright, so before we begin studying the ancient wisdom, we will find it very helpful to prepare our minds by taking a survey of the ground covered by modern science today. It will, fascinate, it will be fascinating to see how identical facts can be known under different names and reached by different methods. Both the ancient sages and modern scientists are agreed that everything in life is formed of vibration. So that is as we shall be obliged often to use this word, we can begin by defining it. We are told that the vibration is the result of force or energy concentrated in some mysterious way and caused to vibrate, shake or oscillate at different speeds. The composition of an atom, according to some scientists, is first of all a tiny vacuum around which this force or energy revolves as a vortex, just as the circle of the sun's aura or zodiac revolves around it. The zodiac contains the planets revolving within within it and the minute zodiac of the atom contains also its planets or electrons as they are called. The difference between one object and another is ultimately a question of rate of vibration. It is the number and arrangement of electrons within an atom and the varied cohesion of atoms into molecules which go to make up these vibratory differences. The disturbance is the atmosphere caused by a vibration sends out a ripple or airwave in all directions. As an illustrative smile of this, we can throw a stone into a pool of water. At first, we see the hole which the stone makes corresponding to the vacuum in the, in the center of the atom. When we see the disturbance in the water created by the hole, a circle of energy which is set up, sets up waves or ripples which spread out to unlimited distance. Drop other stones in nearby and their circle of waves will flow over through the others, none, however, being destroyed although they are affect one another slightly. The distance between one ripple and the next is called the wavelength. We have in this rough picture of what happens in the atmosphere and of the wave sets up the light, sound, or any kind of object, anything in other words that vibrates. Low rates of vibration form the more static or visible objects. We might say that they send out only slow ripples, higher rates of motion between the rapidly flying particles from less tangible things such as gas. These particles intermingle rapidly with the air, but other than 
but often they do not move sufficiently quickly to penetrate through solids. I would like to say that say here that the statement and the chapter are not intended to be to be sacrifice accuracies but roughly suggestive for the purpose of our argument as the facts of science are continually having to be modified or changed we need not to take them too seriously the last word has never been said vibrations of a relatively low frequency are known to us as sounds higher ranges are known as heat Sound and heat are fine enough to pass through certain solids. We know all about the ripples or waves caused by sound. So also we know about the electrical impulses through the wireless and we call them wavelengths and and known all their measurements. Some of the wireless wavelengths are as much as three miles long. We might picture the scale of vibration as a vast keyboard on which there are more many octaves and different types of vibrations and motions. One range of motion expresses itself as solid, liquid, and gas, gaseous forms. Other ranges are perceived as sound, sound heat, and these intangible things about which are known little. Above the octaves of sound which come those of the lights and color vibrations, the colors range from red, the lowest which vibrates at 451 million 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 times per second and has a wavelength of 36,000 nine eighteenth of an inch up to violet we see this order of colors in the rainbow and the spectrum above the violet colors can no longer be seen by the eye and we find the ultraviolet rays and the x-ray now at last we have reached vibration fine and rapid enough to penetrate through most solids Higher up on the scale, we come to the magnetic vibrations and their wavelengths such as those that's issued from the mind of hypnotists. These can go through denser solids than their x-rays can, which accounts for hypnotists being able to produce the effect of deep trance upon a person seated in the adjoining room. Apparently, the vibrations of the mind can travel instantaneously many hundreds of miles as through telepathy passing through all solids which intervene they have an intimate connection with electricity which as we know we can travel the world in a flash each thought and vibration having a set wavelength when however we consider the vastness of the scale of vibrations which which we have to deal with deal it with will be seen that there are enough and to spare for everything now having placed sound light and heat in their respect respective order as we know it we must ask what they are and how we can we know they exist had we and the animals no ears what would sound be what we know as sound is the tiny sections of octaves on the scale of vibrations which can be transmitted to the brain by the receivers in the ear the human ear is successful up to a certain point beyond which it can receive no more but many animals hear vibrations which to us are no longer sounds at all Higher up on the keyboard than sound comes heat. Our skin contains the little receivers to transmit these vibrations to which the ear is no longer sensible. Farther up the scale still, we come to the light and color. We only have one tiny marvelous organ to register the set of vibrations to the brain, the optic nerve. The eye is made to react up the scale of color to the violet vibrations. After that, as already stated, the Oscillation is no minute and rapid that it can interpret solid. So these ultraviolet vibrations pass right through the islands.
The question now arises, have we any organs which can deal with those higher vibrations or the very subtle stuff, substance of which they are composed? And in what form are they are these contacted? These last vibrations are so fine that they use either they use the ether as their vehicles instead of the heavier air particles. The ether is that indefinable substance in which the, this earth and all of the atoms of the air are supported. Scientists are on the verge of discovering that there is more than one kind of ether. In fact, even perhaps three or four. The finest vibrations which we have yet considered are within the realm of electrical and magnetic phenomenon. These are the forces which may also, men also contains within himself and which can be utilized through the mind. We must now inquire what organs, organs men has with which to register their particular vibration, embracing the radiations and emanations which come under the general term psychic. There are two small glands in the head which give doctors much cause for speculation. I refer to the pituitary body and the pineal gland. The former is a tiny double bean shaped body situated behind the root of the nose. It is po po posed that it is very sensitive to vibrations, which we know that it is some very connected with nurture, bodybuilding, and the nervous system. If, if, if it is removed, all organ function ceases. If overdeveloped, it produces giantism, while if underdeveloped, dwarfism is the result. The pituitary body has been called the seat of the mind and front lobe is con con concerned with emotional thought of the type which produces poetry and music, while the anterior lobe is connected with more concrete intellectual concepts. The pineal gland is a tiny cone-shaped body in the middle of the head behind just above the pituitary. It contains big pigment similar to found in the eyes and is connected by two nerve cords with the optic thalami. It is said to control the actions of light upon the body and for these reasons scientists have suggested that it is remnant of a third physical eye. Men of learning such as Descartes have pronounced it to be the point in human beings where soul and body meet the seat of intuition. It is said that when for a specific reason the pituitary body and the pineal gland have become fully developed and stimulated their vibration fused and stirred into life mysterious third eye of man the eye of the soul apparently this activity provides the mind with a perfect instrument which with which to work a transmitter by means of which vibrations of very different types can be translated interpreted and rearranged this gives him personal access to much knowledge of which we will speak later men can also become sensitive to the finer chemical and magnetic emanations in, e in the ether and can see the number numberless thought forms and entities and creatures the endless complexities and types of life which make up a vast world of teeming energies which the limited capacity of ordinary physical sight is unable to register. In a few people there is slight involuntary functioning of these latter activities and we call them either clairvoyant or crazy according to our understanding. They can literally see the radiations and photographs and eat and, and eat in the ether which are given off by almost any kind of body. We will study these in later chapters, but just as muscles and brain need developing in the average person, so, do, so these organs of second sight need their own particular training. Many, however, are born with a knack for their use in, in the way of any other type of prodigy. When a psycho 
A psycho chem, uh, a psychometrist holds an article to his forehead against the aqua, the awakened third eye. It tunes into it, commingles with the vibrations emanating from the article. And as these vibrations represent a certain picture, just as do our thoughts, he is able to describe the associations attached to it. The emanations from the objects are often so fine and numerous that they continue to be given off for thousands of years, just as with radium. The Egyptians knew all about the third eye and indicated in the statues of their gods by a knob on the forehead. They trained the people in the use of this psychic center and temple of, of Ma'at. The god Ma'at was vulture-headed vulture because the vulture has a sight so keen as to be almost clairvoyant. When people respond to this training, they become seers or psychic as we should say now. They could see with the trained third eye right through a body as the x-rays does the and diagnose disease all over the east we find statues of historic men men let me see historic men or women of wisdom with a knob or other mark upon the forehead indicating this type of achievement of course there are some people who have this power today but we do not understand it its use nor how to train them properly consequently their development has been left to chance we have now reached the most subtle, subtle, subtle portion of the scale of vibrations which we are discussing. The questions arise as to whether we have quite exhausted its possibilities or whether there are still finer ones, finer ones than those that exist in, in the ether. And if so, have we any means of con contacting them? The spear of thoughts next occurs to us. We are told that thoughts are things. We know that other thoughts has a definite vibration because this has been proved at an instrument has been invented by Dr. Baradic of Bordeaux which re records through vibrations when an intel intelligent person approaches this instrument it registers a high speed and strange vibration when a low type of imbecile approaches to the vibration is correspondingly feeble and slow. It also has been proved by experiment that by an act of will the mind can cause objects such as metal levers to move see see experiments by sir williams crooks and edinburgh lecture on mental science we have also heard of numbers numberless cases of fakirs and people of that kind having been able to prevent themselves from burning by fire from suffocating when buried alive from bleeding from wounds and from other normal act reactions they can do this by being able to bring into action the power that finer vibrations of the mind have over the lower ones of chemical matter the same thing is done in chemistry through the use of electrical heat to split up reorganize or control chemical compounds sometimes people use these powers without knowing exactly what they're doing nor what the results would be as in the case of some forms of mental healing based on blind faith such cases are wonderful proof of existing possibilities but at but at best they are uncertain sometimes only flukes and then much harm is done through lack of fuller understanding in curing some diseases either by self-treatment or by mental healer, the fine vibrations of the mind act on the lower vibrations of the diseased tissue. This can be performed at the same rate at which the, the particular mind is able to visualize and concentrate. It may take hours, days, or weeks according to the condition of pa patients and healer. However, we know that there have occurred many cases of instantaneous healing disease and broken tissue being rendered whole in a flash of time we have heard of such things throughout history and they are said to happen at present day in places such as lourdes 
and these cases will have last touch upon the finest and subtlest vibration of all of those the spirit or the highest creative force such vibrations being unhampered by the process of the brain and operating at a terrific speed can go through the whole process of cure so quickly that we cannot possibly follow its course and the results seem to be in instantaneous which a great spiritual leader such as christ was words was works for his kind as possible especially if if the sufferer can tune in through faith or through the medium of his own spiritual vibrations. To the healer actions, Christ encourages us to strive for these powers of healing, which are now really supernatural, but the result of an intensive development and understanding of the laws of the universe. The mind has power over everything that it can understand and visualize. Therefore, the first step of all is to study these arguments and theories and those facts which are supported by adequate testimony with a perfectly open and logical mind. If and when we become convinced of an argument or concept, we must tabulate it carefully and pass on to a study of next in this way we still begin gradually to discover what we really can know and believe for instance we may feel that it is impossible for us to prove for ourselves the truth of christ's miracles or of any others in the past but actually such things are happening every day in every guise and form and a little inquiry will soon put us in touch with them our own common sense will then enable us to separate the true from the false the object of this chapter is to show that although we may we may approach the subject from the angle of pure chemical and mechanical science, we shall still be able to work through to the final result that there is a certain force controlled by our minds which can act more powerfully over solid matter than anything else, and that there is still stronger force apparently outside of mind which can act instantaneously and miraculously. It is not enough to go on any longer weekly tabulating these things as hypnotism through reading or imagination. They must be better understood for what they really are. We must have an explanation for changes in tissue and matter which occur. The old alchemists claimed that it was possible to direct a metal force to change the composition of atoms by altering their vibrations and that thereby it would be possible to make gold. They believed it was so, but already materialism had stepped in and they often endeavored to accomplish it by chemical means only. The only real power to do such things lies within ourselves, but we must first learn to use our own higher vibrations. These powers can only work if they are undisturbed by the inharmonious heavy vibrations which enter into composition if we live out of harmony with the laws of nature. The athlete knows that alcohol smoking, alcohol smoking, unbalanced diet, worry, and lack of sleep upset his health and undermine his stamina, so that even the low vibrations of physical strength and steadiness cannot gain control. The mental worker knows that he has to steady down all his bodily disturbance and vibration before he can concentrate at all. He needs not only to be able to ignore vibrations all around him, which he can only do if they are steady and balanced. A hum of traffic disturbs many much less than odd drops of falling water, but also he must have steadiness and balance of every activity of his own body so that he can ignore it. If however he is seeking neither athletic nor mental expression but inspiration, he can only obtain that by studying down the brain itself, so that balancing its vibration to the same state of poise as those of his body. He can ignore the brain and reach for the subtler forces of the mind. The greatest inspiration will flash subtly into, into the brain at the moment when it is quiet and receptive. 
Therefore, although the highest vibrations are the most powerful, we cannot get in touch with them within ourselves when our bodies and brains are massive struggling, fighting in harmonious vibrations as it usually is the case through the highest forces are there with us. We give ourselves little chance of linking up with them and consequently are unable to utilize them. The yogis and fakirs spend hours in meditation or the effort to quinten down quieten down every activity in the body and brain so that the aforementioned portions of the latter the pineal gland and the pituitary body can tune in to those higher powers when that is accomplished there these men can while in state cure their own and other bodily or mental ills obtain inspiration or wisdom and attain a high state of physical fitness and strength without our methods of exercise the first thing for us to do, therefore, is to eliminate all inharmonious vibrations from our bodies and brains. We must throw them out one by one as we discover them. Every unnecessary act, thought, emotion, and fear must go. We must build into the fabric of our lives only those things which will balance, strengthen, and beautify them. We will find that there is a tremendous amount of accumulated rubbish to cast away. Those things which remain all give us all the greater joy and interest thoughts being intensified the simple methods for doing this will be explained later therefore closing the, this chapter let us give a thought to the modern scientists having followed a long trail in their efforts to discover the difference between matter and the life which pours through it they have finally arrived at the perplexing result that there is no difference at all they're now they now know the solid matter is in its final analysis is merely energy in certain state of motion. They also know that our thoughts are also energy in a certain state of motion. In other words, the world would appears to be made up of energy of the being or mind behind it. Whose idea it who idea it was? The scientists do not put it this way yet. From a scientific point of view, they have come up against a blank wall. And their present attitude is probably that of a big question mark. Well, guys, that's chapter two of the book, The Finding of the Third Eye. Um, we're getting uh, deeper into the book. Um, little by little, we'll get, you know, more, it'll get more intense. Um, and they'll have exercise in the book. Um, it just, as you can see while I was reading it, uh, some, sometimes it's hard to read through it. Like I said, it's, a, it's an older book, um, from older times and they speak different than when, how we speak now. Um, plus the lady was from Germany. So I guess the translation coming over and stuff like that is a little bit different, but hopefully, I mean, we're going to get through this book. Um, it's a great book and uh, I can't wait to finish it with you guys. So like I said, this is, um, the finding of the third eye, um, so this is tuesday the 23rd you know so this the next reading will be a, a week from now however thursday i'll have another podcast uh with a different um uh, with different information but every tuesday um for the next couple of weeks we'll be reading this um finding of the third eye hopefully everybody likes it so far and this is committed society coming out and uh, leaving the show peace <laughs>